Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining me. Welcome to the Keen on Things podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Keen. Uh, if you don't want entertainment, information, or enlightenment, this is the podcast for you. <laughs> Episode 19, that's Joe Montana's number when he played for the Chiefs in Kansas City, the football team, after leaving the San Francisco 49ers, where he won four Super Bowls, uh, I think without throwing an interception at any of those Super Bowls. Um, and he went to complete his career from nine, number 16 to number 19 uh, in Kansas City with the Chiefs, which is where I was this past weekend in Kansas City. They got some crazy little women there, and I'm gonna get me none. <laughs> get me none. Uh, they've got another quarterback that now they're who they're who they're very happy with. Uh, just won them a Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes. Um, I almost said Todd Blackledge from Penn State. He was part of that '83 draft, I think, or no. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. They're very happy. I was just there, guys. The shows were good. It was called the Comedy Club of Kansas City in Overland Park. Really good, you know, going on a branch, going out on a branch with that title, the Comedy Club of Kansas City. They also have an improv there, and I think they used to have Sanford and Sons or something like that. Uh, Comedy clubs are either called the silliest thing in the world, like Giggles Hut, or the simplest, the Comedy Club of Kansas City. There's a Comedy Club of Jacksonville, too, that's not in a club environment. It's more of a multi-purpose hall um, I hope that one's not in business. No, no, I, I hope it's still in business. Anybody doing it, that's great, but it's not always pretty. Um, but no, it's never anything sophisticated or elegant. Chuckle Hut, Sir Laughs a Lot. There was a club called Sir Sir Laughs a Lot, which I think got turned into Sir Giggles a Lot. Uh, Go Bananas, which sometimes gets called the Banana Hut, and Cincy, which is a great club, North Cincy, up there off Montgomery. Um, but it was great. Scan City was fun. Show was socially distanced. Tables were distanced. The mic was wiped down. Uh, Half-crowded rooms. Um, and the city, amazing food. Uh, it was my first time flying since the pandemic started, which I'll get to. Uh, first airport visit. Not crowded. I do TSA pre-check like a grown-up. So uh, I was all good. Had my own row one way and then two-seat distance on the return. Direct both ways, which makes a world of diff, uh, world of diff. No layover in a major hub, no second liftoff, no second landing. You know, it's just a dream. So I think I'm just going that route. And Southwest is great. You don't stress about cancellation. So I, I don't know why I'm even messing around with other airlines. I was exclusively Delta for a long time. But uh, I, I think I just got to go Southwest. The changes and everything, the no change fees is just glorious. Um, okay, we're three minutes in. Anyway, guys. I was with Steve Byrne, who's just been great, and I've been opening for him, along with some others. We've been opening for him for about three or four years now. And uh, just a great guy. Been very amazing to a lot of people. So can't say enough good things about him. Hilarious. And, uh, you know, four or five specials here, working on his fifth. And, you know, all the while doing a movie about his life and stand-up, all the while doing... Uh, a documentary on the amazing Jonathan. So we're in Kansas City, and with all that buildup, I have a story I want to get to. One of the greatest meets of my life, one of the greatest, not track meets, although I did track for a year in high school, and I think one or two in grade school. Fascinating. But um, I can hardly contain myself right now because um, I've lived in tw what happened in Kansas City. I've lived in L.A. 20 years, two decades. I know a lot of people, not a lot of the right people, 
but I know a lot of people, some famous naturally that's going to happen. You can be an idiot and live there for 20 years and have, you know, famous people in your Rolodex, whatever. Um, only twice have I gotten giddy, not starstruck, giddy about meeting people. Both times it was kind of Chicago based. Both times it was in the world of comedy. Both times it was, uh, a white male. Uh Oh, should I stop the podcast? Both times I've been with my pal, fellow comedian, Steve Byrne, who put it together. Uh, it was people he knew or people he worked with. Um, the first was John Hughes' son, John. Okay. Uh, that was years ago, and that was phenomenal. And I'll get to that a little bit. And I geeked out a little bit. And we met and ate at Portillo's in Chicago. It couldn't have been more Chicago. Having lunch with John Hughes' son, John, uh, at Portillo's with a with a friggin' Chicago Italian beef sandwich and a freaking cake shake. Uh, So this other guy we meet this weekend in Kansas City, this guy's an A-lister for me, definitely in comedy. His wife is from Kansas City. They bought a house there. They live there now. They go to L.A. and New York for work, mostly New York. Also Atlanta. He goes to Atlanta for work. I think they're going to eventually move to New Orleans. Anyway, this guy's been in comedy films and TV and some drama for my entire lifetime, Uh, especially the formative years, you know the years that I've had awareness and, and coming up just wow. Just wow guys. Uh, maybe the entire episode will be me giving this guy's backstory. And then the last two words of the podcast will be his name. Just two words. Actually it's three words, guys. That man's name was Brian Doyle Murray, Brian Doyle, Murray, the great comedic actor from Chicago who started at second city. One of nine children helped get his little brother, Bill, Billy, who he calls. He keeps calling him Billy. Bill Murray, into the Second City scene, calls him Billy. Bill thanked him when he got his Mark Twain Award. And he, is, he and his wife, um, Brian Doyle, and his wife, Tina, Christina, from KC, could not have been nicer. Steve uh, cast him. He, he knows him from Sullivan and Son, the three-year run on TBS that Steve's show did, where he plays a uh, Korean-American son, uh, who runs his family's bar, the Sullivan Bar. I think it's in Pittsburgh, right? And Brian Doyle Murray was kind of one of the Norm Cliff Cheers characters in that uh, format, in that show, and they stayed in touch. And they're sports fans, both Steve and Brian, so they stayed in touch, and both good guys. And we went to their house. We went to their house Friday night after the late show. After, guys, the late show. The late show. It's like a 9.30 or 10 o'clock show on a Friday. And it goes an hour and a half, maybe two hours. And then you're going to talk to the audience a little bit after, even though I didn't. Uh, and everybody was in masks, so we're good. And nobody was shaking hands or hugging, so that's all good. Um, and there was plenty of um, hand sand there and stuff like that. So anyway, um, so you're talking about visiting a 71, two-year-old man, gentleman, and his wife at one in the morning, right? You, you can do that in the suburbs? We actually knocked on the neighbor's door at the wrong house. The Uber dropped us off at the wrong place. And we knocked on the wrong guy. He's like, I have no idea who Brian Murray is. And then Steve's like, oh, it's just next door. But then um, they told us that they don't really care for their neighbors, so it's fine. But uh, they couldn't have been less phased coming over at that hour, right? He's having knee surgery today, knee replacement. So he had to get tested for COVID and couldn't come to the show. He's going to come to the show. And we had to be in masks at his place and socially distanced. We didn't get to shake hands, hug, do anything, which is a shame. You really want to connect with people. But we you know, sat across the, the table from them. And it was great. He looks great. He's got the mustache going. For those of you who know, for those of you who don't know, Brian, he co-wrote 
Caddyshack with Harold Ramis and Doug Kenny. Uh, he was part of that, uh, you know, that whole explosion of, um, you know, the Harvard uh, Lampoon Radio. He was part of the Lampoon Radio. Um, he didn't go to Harvard. He went to St. Mary's in, in Moraga, California, in the Bay Area. I don't know why I didn't ask him what took him there, because uh, that's fascinating to me that he came all the way west to a school, you know, I knew relatively well. Um, and, you know, so he was just in so many great comedies, and it was so interesting. And he's been in a ton of stuff. He was on SNL, SCTV. He was involved with all that. Um, and he... he he said he said about Caddyshack, and I'm going to get to a bunch of stuff here. The whole episode's basically about him. So, but um, he says about Caddyshack, everyone was a writer on that. You know, Chevy, Bill, Rodney, except Ted Knight. Ted was an actor, you know, comedic actor. But it, with some of those guys, it's all about the prepared material, the script. And I find that so interesting, right? I remember, I remember hearing that. Like I talked to um, Sonny and oh, who's the guy? Sonny Crockett. Uh, the good-looking guy from Miami Vice, Don Johnson. I talked to him once on the set of one of Swartzen's movies, the the porn movie, and he was saying that uh, you know him and you know that that crew that movie required him to do a little improv, and he's like, man, I don't do. He's like, I had to tell these guys, I don't do improv. I'm an actor. Okay, I'm an actor, and I get the script and I work into the character, and that's the process. It's not like trying to be cute or funny. It's more trusting the script, making it work. But Ted was like that, and it's just I find that so interesting. Just different skill sets coming together. You know, Ted Knight was not into let's insert a line here or there, um, not throwing in new lines. Ted was the one guy who who was probably the stable part of that cast. You know, he wasn't partying. And it reminded me of like Jane Curtin on the original SNL cast. She was just a happily married woman, I think, married anyway, and would go home instead of staying out partying until uh, late hours in the morning. I'm sure she may have done some of that, but still had a home life and wasn't around that kind of Belushi Aykroyd stuff. Uh, I find that so interesting. But, you know, the things are different for different people. My parents were born in the late 40s, so they were the ripe age during the hippie movement, you know, of the uh, mid-60s, late-60s, early-70s. Yet they couldn't have been less into that. They were, you know, from Toledo, Ohio. They were living their lives. They had a family. They had, you know, each other's families and then kids. But um, my aunts may have been more into that. But it's just, I don't know, it's funny to me that these things that we think were dominating the day are just, eh, not always. Anyway, back to Brian Doyle Murray. Um and he inserted Doyle, so there, uh, he, so there was he didn't want to tread on another Brian Murray in SAG-AFTRA, so he just threw the uh, threw the Doyle in there, the hyphenated, and um, I remember, you know, when I joined SAG-AFTRA. Yes, I did in two thousand five because of Michael Connell's movie, The Living Wake, and the producers Chad Clough and Amy Ankin got me enough lines in that movie so I could be eligible for SAG-AFTRA, uh, the union, and I was thrilled. Uh, when I found out there wasn't another Patrick Keene, I thought for sure, that that's common enough. I was like, there'll be another Patrick Keene, but there wasn't. Um, I guess I could use my middle name, you know, Patrick Ray Keene. It's nice to have a middle and last name with one syllable. So Patrick Ray, four syllables, three names. If I had to go to that, I would, no problem. But uh, yeah, Brian Doyle Murray, man, was in Groundhog Day. He was Buster Green. He got Phil. We're going after him. Someone got Phil. Um, and the groundhog was Phil as well as Phil Connors, which is always interesting to me, but whatever. And Brian was in Wayne's world. You know, he was, uh, he was the preacher, the pastor in 16 candles. He was Jack Ruby and JFK, which I think was his first, um, drama. He said, Jason Alexander also auditioned for that role. 
uh, of JFK. I mean, uh, Jack Ruby and JFK. They'd meet again in Seinfeld episode where he plays the father of the bubble boy. Brian Doyle Murray was in Scrooge. He was in Sullivan and Son. You know, that's the connection with Steve again. He was the voice of the Flying Dutchman in SpongeBob. Squarepants, you know. National Lampoon Radio Hour. Okay, I gotta go. This is the kids. Later. The kids are here. All right. That's fine. Okay, sorry. So, I can't believe that worked. Um, My niece and their friends just were, and my mom just were here for a second. So, I had to cut out really quick. Some real life stuff. I'm in Arizona. I just flew Kansas City to Arizona. So, I'm at my mom's. And, yeah, sorry. Okay, so... Back to, um, it wasn't even a time lapse. For me, there was, but you guys, okay. Brian Doyle Murray was in Wayne's World. He was the preacher, pastor, and 16 Candles, John Hughes film. He was Jack Ruby and JFK. Okay. Yeah, so he and Jason Alexander also auditioned for that same role. They'd meet again in the Seinfeld episode where he played the father of the bubble boy. Um, right. We just covered that, you fucking moron. All right. So um, he wrote on SNL in the early years. He he is the one that got between Chevy and his brother, Bill, when they had it out on SNL. You know, um, it was a Hollywood fight, I've heard, where it was like, yeah, it was almost like there aren't going to be any punches to the face. It, 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 you know, it's just drama. But I guess Chevy had told uh, Brian, wow, you're strong. Like, you're strong. Um, but, he, you know, he says Chevy was a really funny guy. And Brian Doyle Murray... Um, has been, I'm reading this clearly, has been nominated for three Emmy Awards in 1978, 79, and 80 for SNL in the category of Primetime Emmy Awards for Outstanding Writing for a Variety Music or Comedy Program. Uh, he has two, uh, they have two younger brother, uh, other younger brothers, Joel and John, who are actors as well. You've seen them in One Crazy Summer. You've seen them in uh, Traffic School. His oldest brother, Ed, is a businessman, and Brian says is the best golfer. And then brother Andy is the chef, and runs the Murray Brothers Caddyshack restaurant located in World Golf Village Resort down near St. Augustine, Florida. And um, Doyle was his grandmother's maiden name, and he chose to hyphenate it to avoid confusion with another actor. Okay. And their sister is a nun who travels and does uh, a one-woman show about St. Catherine of Siena. Um, I mean, he's done it so long. He voiced Jack the Barber in King of the Hill, you know, he voiced the mayor in Ghostbusters, the video game, just countless. SCTV, Modern Problems with Chevy Chase. You know, he was on the Chevy Chase show. So it's interesting that he had this relationship with Chevy and Bill and him did not. Bill and Chevy didn't. Um, but I remember as a kid thinking, if, if Brian and Chevy are cool, then Chevy and Brian should be cool, right? Not always the case. Um, but I think it's all blown out. I think that was the way. Uh, way more amplified than it, than it really was in actuality. Um, Brian was with him in Christmas vacation and vacation. You know, they were in that scene in vacation together where he stops somewhere in the motel in the Midwest or in the West somewhere, and Brian Doyle Murray is eating watermelon. And Clark Griswold asks, working at the hotel at the front desk, and Clark Griswold asks, um, what do you need my address for? And Brian says, oh, we like to send out a mailer. You know, just the greatest one line in a movie. Um. But it was so neat. You know, we go over there. We finish the show. Um, you don't necessarily want to drink, but you go over there late at night. And we meet him, and you don't know what to expect. And it's a nice house in a kind of a nicer suburban neighborhood. And he's like, how was the shows? And I said, it was good, you know, especially since it was a Friday night light show. 
takes a little something extra. And he said it's the same. He said it in the same. And, and he right away he he jumped on that. He's like same in sketch, same in same at Second City. He's like Second City man, Friday Night Light Show. And we were talking about how that was the reason Steve Martin stopped doing stand up comedy when he was asked. He said four words: Friday Night Light Show. And it's just interesting that that's the same in Second City. Um, sketch improv, Friday Night Late Show. It, it's the perfect combination. You know, it's. Friday night, these clubs, they try to move it up earlier, too. They try to move up that earlier show from 8 to 7.45, 7.30, maybe 7, so that they can move up the later show earlier from 10.30 to 10 to 9.45, 9.30. Because Friday night late show is just the perfect combination of tired and drunk. And, for example, Friday night early show, you get an audience Friday night, 7 o'clock, 7.30, 8 o'clock. They haven't quite had enough time to get drunk after work and if they have they're peaking so you can get a good response out of them if they got off at five or six and started drinking and by eight they've had a few then they're peaking and you're like oh cool so their tiredness doesn't hit until after the show um saturday early and late shows they've had all saturday to burn they had friday night to burn off work they had saturday to burn it off and usually by early or late saturday they're good. The later crowd started drinking later. The earlier crowd started drinking earlier. Um, and it doesn't matter because alcohol doesn't always come into play. So Friday, late show, perfect combination. They're tired from a long day and their drunk is kicking in. And rowdy. Sometimes you prefer rowdy to the absolute indifference that you get from a Friday night late show. So it was interesting to connect on that point right out of the gate with Brian Doyle Murray. And then you're like, cool, we're in even though Steve's already friends with the guy, so we're already in anyway. But the feeling of the house, man, it felt like my grandpa's house in the 80s. My grandpa and grandma Ray, who were, um, my grandpa was from Chicago, you know, and there's Catholic ornaments around. It's very Irish. It's very Catholic. It's very Midwest. It's very sports, obviously booze. And uh, Steve and I, we drank um, red breast, red, red breast Irish whiskey, which knocked me out for Saturday. I mean, I think Steve and I almost dusted the bottle that he had just opened, and he was drinking something else. Brian was drinking something else, and he gave us a, a 105-year-old glass of cognac or something. Not a glass, but a little shot, which we weren't supposed to shoot. We were supposed to sip at. I think it was cognac, and I think he was drinking that, but we were drinking the red, which was tasty, and the red breast Irish whiskey was great, too. Great opportunity for some ad placement here. Um, and then we went back over the next day, Saturday. We're at Brian Dolan Murray's house after being there the previous night. Um, and uh, I was hungover. Steve was having, had a Gatorade. I, I almost made love to a LaCroix. He pulled out a LaCroix. Brian, did you like, you want a LaCroix or do you want a drink? He wanted to maybe have a beer. And I wish I could have, but I just had nothing. And that LaCroix, man, I was like, I gulped it. But uh, we watched the Cubs game with them. They were playing the Brewers, of course, right? The, the situation couldn't be more Chicago. They had to be playing the Milwaukee Brewers because they knew we were going over to the Murray's house that day. And we had barbecue. They had barbecue for us from a place I think it was called Black Jack's. Just unreal. I think I had three days of barbecue between Black Jack's, uh, Q39, and Gates. And there's also a place at some gas station that you wait in line that's really good. But uh, just unbelievable barbecue in KC. I think the country's best. So Brian and his wife, Christina Stauffer, S-T-A-U-F-F-E-R, they got married in 2000. She's a veterinarian now, but she was an assistant director back then. And she's worked on shows. They met on JFK. And I, was, I, I just regret that I was a little hungover on Saturday, but it was cool that I got to geek out on Friday um, 
so it's kind of good. They're both very accessible, and you want to, you know, you don't want to inundate them, and you want the, you want to get invited back. So it's not the worst thing in the world, but you do leave wishing you could have had more. Because I've had a little excess excess to celebs, you know. I drove uh, Buzz Aldrin those two times, and you just, you know, at the time, I don't know that Wikipedia was alive. I don't know that you had access to information. It was like 2000, 2001. So um, the internet was there, but I don't know. I could have done my, my due diligence and been a better driver and gotten some more information out of Buzz. But that's not always what it's all about, right? Um, but Saturday was fun. We watched the Cubs. They they were 2-0 and uh, on the uh, Brewers for the first two games, and then Saturday was their third game. They lost, um, but it was fun. They were fun. They were happy to answer questions. They're friends with George Brett who lives in the area, the great third baseman for the Royals, won the series in 85. He's got one more hit than Mike Schmidt in the record books. Jesus, those two third basemen, they were playing in the league at the same time. Faced off in the 1980 World Series, Royals got theirs in 85. Uh, Phillies got the best of them in 80. Brian and I and all of us, um, you know, Steve and Will, Steve's brother came on Saturday. He wasn't there Friday. We talked uh, Jordan, Bulls, Doc. Uh, and you know he loved it. He's from Chicago, and he, um, I think he's golfed with Michael Jordan. And uh, he said, um, and he brought up a good point. He's like, you know, the the Jordan Bulls documentary from two months ago that was destination television for the first time in a long time, and that was kind of neat, right? We haven't had that in a while, so I really, um, I really had a good time doing that and talking about that with him. Um, you know, connecting on a lot of stuff. He's a kid, right? He's a little kid. And I don't think he has kids. I don't think they have kids, but they have a hell of a fun life. Um, so he was born on Halloween. He went to St. Mary's in Moraga, Moraga North Cal, which I, I, I should have asked him, like, what brought him out there? I should have asked him. So it's their sister, Nancy, who's a nun, right? They have a sister, Nancy, who's a nun, and she travels the world and portrays St. Catharines of Siena and does a one-woman show. Um, so she's like a nun and an actress. Now, St. Catharines is where I went to grade school in Laguna Beach for four years. So uh, it seems like a lot longer. But it was four years, and um, it's kind of special, kind of cool. But the whole thing with Brian, Brian Doyle Murray, look, I'm the age that when I hit um, when I hit being a comedy fan, and these people are in your head, your mind, your heart, your funny bone forever. You know, I'm born in 72. These guys all kind of come up of age. They come of age in the late 70s and throughout the 80s and 90s. So from puberty to young adulthood, these guys all ran, you know, the comedy, man. The SNL peeps, the John Hughes peeps, Eddie Murphy, Second City, Caddyshack. Um, it, it was just so awesome. And it holds up. That movie holds up. And, and like those early sketches hold up you know it's written about illinois country club but filmed in florida you know the movie uh caddyshack was the first time director and harold ramus who had written a ton um they had so much footage and actually needed two different specialists to edit it i remember reading this about reading about this in the book one was an older film and tv guy who just tried to get some structure just tried to rein it in this is why women tend to make better editors anyway Patton oswald has a great joke about it they just know how to bring structure to just like chaos um the next, the next guy, the closer, the closing editor, there were two of them, he was able to clean it up and come up with gold. I don't know if they used a third editor or if Harold uh, and the guys sat in on it, you know, for the third edit. I, I don't know. But uh, I read the book. I have no idea where it is, but it's, it's just a golden book, and it's a great movie. And it holds up, and I think it's the most quotable movie ever. 
again, I wanted to ask more questions. Could have stayed there all day. Brian Doyle Murray and his wife, Tina. You know, but you want to be respectful. It's just so easy hanging out with them Friday night. And then to get back there for the re-invite Saturday for lunch. The invite back is huge. But you can only fit in so much. You want to ask so much. But uh, you also want to be invited back. And, uh, and I think we did that. You know, I got to tell you, too, not to brag. We got about five minutes left. I don't know how this went so fast. Because I think we're all having a good time. Sorry about that 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 hiccup in the middle there. But um, you know, you want to ask so much, so many more questions, and uh, that, that again, getting that second invite is just huge. But he was talking about um, smoking. You know, he 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 he's, he was smoking from the time he was like eleven till seventy one. Not nineteen seventy one till he was seventy one. So it's like three years ago he stopped after having smoked for sixty years. He smoked for half a century, guys. He smoked for more than half a century, and his voice. But it, man, it brings out golden characters in that voice, right? And uh, it's fantastic. And he looks good, and he's getting his knee replaced. And I got to tell you, this is what I was going to say. Um, Steve and I spoke this morning. It's Monday, and I was like, "Hey, you should send him a note. He probably had surgery today, and just thank them and hope he, he's recovering okay." And he got back to Steve with this text, um, which I'll pull up now. And he says, hey, Steve. I'll do the voice. Because Steve sent him flowers with our names on it. Will Byrne, Steve Byrne, Patrick King. Hey, Steve. Saw Patrick King talking about being single and childless. That's a joke I have where I say I'm single and childless. It's not a choice. I was born that way. And he says, wonderful joke, exclamation point. Ah, oh, isn't that great? That's from Brian Doyle Murray. I'm going to put that in my res. Uh, really enjoyed having him, Will, and yourself over. Most socializing we've done in five months. Exclamation. Thanks for making your way to KC. Best to, best to Jess, Steve's wife. What a great guy. What great people, man. And and when they're, like, talented and successful and they can, they're still great people, it just it, it reaffirms your faith in humanity and uh, in the business. And, you know, I've been listening to a ton of Marin podcasts and those are great alec baldwin's are great joe rogan's are great you know i'm I'm, I'm loving all those um i don't always listen to the guests not every single guest you know i can't some of the people but it was great you know um so anyway brian doyle murray's talking about smoking and he says he's been doing it since he was 11 he said in the in the murray household the dad smoked so you couldn't smell it on the kids or you could but you couldn't tell any different you know if it was him or the kids but you were allowed to smoke in the murray house at 15 um so it was all good. Um, still golfs a lot, he says. He and his brothers have a tournament or every or two a year, like a fundraiser. Got to be so fun. You know, the whole family goes down there and golfs. I can't imagine the nine kids. Um, JFK, it was neat because I was listening to Oliver Stone on Joe, Joe Rogan this week, and they were talking about JFK this past week, which is fantastic, and that kind of tied in. I love that... Uh, Brian Dolan Murray and Costanza were both going, Jason Alexander were both going for the role of um, Jack Ruby. Um, so it was great. You know, I can't imagine how inundated with questions Brian gets or Bill Murray gets or Brian's wife, Tina. You know, just there's legit, genuine questions, but then also the backhanded, passive aggressive requests to access weird, you know, uh, ulterior motive stuff. Hey, show up at this thing. Okay. Then they show up. It'll only be a few of us. You know, it's. And then it's this whole thing, and they've got people that they've told her that you're coming. So it's like, what? Now we're ha- we're basically hosting or being featured at your event when we just thought it was going to be a casual thing. Um, so I don't know. I don't have a lot of time around a lot of these uh, successful people. 
I met Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson once after a show. I was opening for TIG, and they came back after and talked in the back hall. And I wanted to keep it on the level. You know, I didn't want to geek out too bad. But, um, yeah, you just don't go overboard. They're human beings. It's fine. Henry Phillips, I remember, did a show with Paul McCartney and Prince, for Christ's sakes, back in, like, 2000. I mean, I, how did he even do a show? I would have geeked out way too hard. Um, and then the other time, Steve uh, took me to meet someone. It was John Hughes' son in Chicago at Portillo's, which was great, man. You know, and he gets a ton of questions, too. Um, but he can hide to some extent, right? Not everybody's going to be like, oh, that's John Hughes' son. But so anyway, to sum this up, for me, it was meeting the Brian Doyle Murrays of the, of the world, the John Hughes Juniors of the world. You know, meeting Kirk Gibson would be unreal. You know, the Tiger Dodger. But it varies person to person. Just such a joy and how welcoming they were. The familiarity, the Chicago Catholic Irish sports thing was great. And uh, I had a blast. And I thank Steve yet again. Okay, I've got about a minute left. So we're going to do, uh, and the barbecue again is fantastic. The first time flying uh, was, wasn't bad at all. Um, so yeah, now we're going to do uh, a little something called Patrick Keene's Tweets of the Week, and we'll get out of here. Um, let's see. On Monday, I tweeted, wonder how America tastes, because it's definitely eating itself. Pretty funny. Um, on Tuesday, I tweeted, Agent Orange embraces racist. He's an embracist. Embracist, get it? Like he embraced. Um, you know, I don't want to pile on, but... Like, he's way too okay with the subtle white nationalism that's occurring. This is so gross and wrong. And, uh, you know, you don't need to be of any party affiliate to say that and feel that way. Um, And even some that's not so subtle. Okay, on Wednesday I tweeted, uh, Boy, these last five months have been the longest Sunday ever. (laughs) Um, On Thursday I tweeted, Dive bar flies are fine. Sports bar flies, not so much. You know? I like that because the sports bar flies. It's like, what do you do? A dive bar fly? Maybe he's a musician or he's got stories. Sports bar guy who's, you know, he's wearing the angel shirt or the, you know. Uh, it's like, come on, man. Clean it up. Clean it up. Um, and then on Friday, I tweeted, thinking about doing a talk show where I break down the most recent episode of my podcast and then masturbate to all of it. The absurdity. Um, I didn't have the masturbate line in there, but I just said, thinking about doing a talk show where I break down the most recent episode of my podcast. Um, Because, like, how silly would that be? You have a podcast, and then you have a talk show that breaks down that podcast? That's absurd. Okay. Um, Keen on Things Podcast, please subscribe. Uh, That's it for this week. Um, I'm going to Jackson Hole with my mom. I'm driving up there tomorrow, so the next episode will be coming from Jackson Hole. I don't know where I'll do that. I don't know if I can get a private room in the house. Or I'll just have to do it from the car, which will be weird. Or maybe I'll do it outdoors. That'll be the first one. Um, Okay, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, Rest in peace to a lot of greats this week. And uh, we'll see you next week on Keen on Things Podcast. Don't have any shows lined up for a while, which is good, uh, I think, for everybody. And a nice little break. So thanks. We'll see you next time. Yeah.